Welcome to Brazen Education with Educator Barnes, a podcast with a focus on speaking your truth, being transparent to help others, and having no shame about it. Because we can't move forward until the truth is known. Hey, it's Educator Barnes here. And on this episode, we're going to talk about working remotely during COVID-19. If you're an educator like me, or you may not be an educator, you may have been at home for the last few days because of the coronavirus pandemic. And I'm going to start this podcast by saying, please, please, please take the recommendations of our public health officials seriously. When they say stay home, stay home. When they say don't leave your house except to go get groceries or except to go to work if you're still one of those people that have to go to work, then follow that. Because maybe you're healthy. Maybe you don't have a pre-existing condition. But you could be carrying it to other people who will not be able to survive this virus. And if you don't know how to wash your hands properly, there are tons of videos online and tons of songs that you can say. Uh, sing and special shout out to our kindergarten teachers because the people who taught us how to wash our hands, you know, outside of our moms and dads or guardians are kindergarten teachers. And I bet a lot of them are getting a lot of giggles and chuckles. Uh, all these songs that we've been coming up with. And they like, what about the song I taught you? How do you forget what I taught you? They're probably thinking that right now. And kindergarten teachers are just special people anyway. I, I, I love them because they do a job that. Honestly, I, I'm, that's not my, uh, how can I say this? I, I love the little people, but I, I prefer to love them at a distance, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. But nonetheless, let's get into it. I have seven areas I'm going to cover today about working remotely. And this is based on my one week of working remotely and based on what I've observed from my husband. So my husband is a senior data analyst slash team lead for the state of Indiana. And the nature of his job is he can work at work or he can work at home. So for him, this isn't a vacation. I know for some people working at home means it is a little bit of a vacation because you literally can't do all the things you did at your job. My husband, as long as he has Internet access, he can full blow do his job regardless of whether where we are at. And sometimes I get frustrated, but I also count my blessing because my husband has a good job. I mean, we'll be on vacation and he will be full blown working sometimes because that just happens. He is the team lead, which means he is the backup to anybody that's on call. So it's kind of like he's on call all the time. So if the on call person can't figure it out, he gets called regardless of what he's doing. And his boss does do a good job of saying, like, look, you know. Jermaine's on vacation. Let's, you know, let's try to handle this, guys. Let's try to not reach out to him unless you have to. And I honestly can't think of a vacation that he hasn't been reached out to, but it is what it is. Uh, his job pays the bills and I'm happy. But because I'm married to a person who does this, um, his boss, I would say about a year ago, kind of cracked down on him, like assisting that he takes some time to work at home. My husband does not like to work at home, and uh, he's been kind of feeling a little down that he has to work at home. He works downtown in, in Indy, and he loves working downtown in Indy. He gets out, he walks the canal, he walks around the city. He loves to do that every single day. And granted, 
with social distancing, you still can get out and walk, but it's not, he's like, it's just not the same. It's not the same. There's, the canal's not in our neighborhood. Like, I get what he's saying. Like, the, the same scenery. And, and it's just not even just about about being able to get out and walk. Because my husband, he you know, he exercises. He does all those things. But there's like a little bit of a social aspect to it. Even if he doesn't know the people that's walking on the canal, walking downtown. Hey, how you doing? You know, that kind of thing, you know. So this is where all my recommendations come from. A bit of what I observe because sometimes he works remotely in the summertime when I am at home. So I, I see him do this. And I've seen what goes well and I've seen what doesn't go well. And he, and he would attest to this too. The first thing I'm going to start off with, number one, is you got to have a schedule. I know that some of us have been trying to figure out schedule and some of us, let's keep it real. When they said you didn't have to go to work the next day, you you slept in, you did enough to get by and you relaxed. You know what? I don't I, there's no judgment here. I don't think that's bad because especially if you're an educator, our jobs are demanding. So maybe you just needed that first day to crash and just like a reality like like for me, I was just like I was talking to my on the phone. And I said, I can't believe in my lifetime that this has happened. You know, when you think about some of the things that will happen in your life, I just never saw a point in time where, you know, the mayor, the governor, there's, there's guidance from the president, like stay at your house. Don't be in groups of more than 10. Like, like what is going on? Like, this is surreal. So you took a day to process, but you need to have a schedule and this schedule should address what you're going to do, what your children are going to do with your children and what your spouse is going to do. And I wrote an article about working remotely at home for Indy K-12 and, you know, balancing your children's schedule. And the schedule I even created for myself in that article that I said I was going to do on Monday failed. And I will be the first to admit that I, I failed. Like, it did not work. What I didn't consider in my schedule was my husband. So I wrote a fancy schedule for how my my kids and I were going to interact. I didn't consider my husband. I didn't consider the fact that we moved into a different house. Like our first house that we lived in for uh, for 11, 12 years, it was a little, um, it wasn't open concept. That's the word I'm looking for. So it was closed off. So you could kind of be in your own individual area. Our new house isn't completely open concept, but there is some openness to it. What I didn't think about is the fact that my husband does conference calls all the time. I had to now start getting on and getting in Google Hangout and Zoom and having these meetings. And then my kids are on their laptop. Like my one son talked to his teacher uh, via Zoom. And so all three of us was in this big space. And granted, there was like some walls, but there's like wasn't a door. It was just too noisy. And I know I thought I was far away, but I could tell like my son was talking to his teacher. And when she I, she could hear me talking, which I didn't realize, she actually got off the Zoom video with my kid because she could hear the, the meeting I was having with the teachers, the, the meeting I was leading. So you have to figure out when is everyone to do things. So I had to talk to my husband as, uh, later in the week. I said, hey, um, I know like and then, then the other thing is tricky because like I'll get a phone call like, hey, Shantae, can I get you on the phone for at this time? So some things pop up during the day. I had to say, hey, babe, like, when are you going to do your, like, meetings? Like, when are those happening? So what? So we got better by the end of the week where he does a lot of his stuff in the morning. And that's just, like, kind of how, because his meetings at his job, there are things if he was at work that he would go do in person, right? But if he's not at work in person, let's say he's working remotely and there's a meeting he's supposed to be at in person, he would just conference call in or and they use uh, Microsoft Teams. They use that platform so 
there are different ways that they can connect. So I decided to have my meetings in the afternoon so we weren't both talking at the same time. So that kind of helped. And then we also have to think about the fact if we are both talking at the same time, leading meetings or participating in conference calls, what are, what are, what the hell are our kids doing? <laughs> exactly. I mean, I was straight in the middle of leading the, uh, a team meeting and my son was trying to talk to his teacher, but the technology wasn't connecting or working on her end. And so my son is like up, I'm on in front of my laptop. I'm leaving this meeting. I'm going over directives that my principal gave us. And she asked all the supervisor of each of the different groups of teachers to kind of just go over her uh, guidelines and then fill, uh, answer any questions. Right. In the middle of this, my son comes up on the side of me. It's like, Mom, like, I'm like, oh, my. And, and granted, my whole composure to like going through this list. And I just turned like, what? what? what are you doing? Like, uh, and then I'm trying to help him. And then I'm trying to turn back to my laptop and keep going. And then he's still over here in my side view, like guys, hands up. So I was just like, okay, hold up, just hold up. So I'm like pausing. And then I forgot, cause you know, other thing, if you are on video or, uh, conferencing in, put the mute button on so people don't hear the heck's going on in your background then i realized people can hear my frustration i'm like okay i come back onto the screen <laughs> to mute myself and then i go and like try to get my kids up and then i come back and then I'm, I'm talking i'm talking he's now over there at the dining room table when i wasn't even in the dining room i'm in the other room so like i said kind of open concert so i can see him so i'm like waving my hand like putting my hand up like stop just just hold on so that didn't work right because I didn't consider the fact that I knew I was going to have these meetings, right? I knew he had to get on with his teacher because she said 3 o'clock. I'm like, he'll start his video. She will lead whatever she needs to lead. I don't have to be involved because my, my kid knows how to get into Canvas and click on these links. He knows how to do the flip grid. He, he doesn't need me. I didn't think about the fact if he had technical difficulties, he would need me. So now thinking about next week when she sends out her time about when she's going to meet, I want to make sure I not doing something that requires me to talk to anybody so I can be over there to help. But this is like all the stuff I'm figuring out. So, and then I sat down with my kids at the kitchen table and we made a schedule considering my husband, considering me, considering what I wanted them to do. And this week is their week before spring break. Next week is spring break. Now they don't know this um, and they don't listen to this podcast, but um, they're going to be following that same schedule that next week on spring break. Cause they, if not, they're going to be off the chain. And the week after that, that's when their school district is going to go to like a full e-learning uh, and they're going to have a, a pretty, it's going to be a little bit more structure. So when we get that schedule for the school, we will adapt to that. I'm am more adaptable than my husband because my husband has means and things that were scheduled way before this happened that he has to stick to, but I can work around his schedule. So regardless, have a schedule and part of that schedule should be when you're going to eat, where you're going to uh, take a shower. And I, I've been seeing people on, on, on social media talking about, you know, at this time you should take change out of your daytime pajamas to your nighttime pajamas. Now, I do like the first day I did let my kids be in their pajamas all day. They got these little Minecraft onesies that they absolutely love. So I'm like, whatever. They got Minecraft onesie and um, a NASA um, astronaut suit onesie, which I, I think is awesome. But anyway. And then after I'm like, no, we can't just be lounging around our pajamas all day because when I was asking them to do something, they just kind of had a little stink attitude. So I was like, nope, you, we're going to get up and get dressed in your form, just like we get them to go to school, right? And then if you just stay in a whole same pajamas every single day, that, that's, that's going to get nasty, right? So don't do that. 
But they need to get their clothes on. And then part of your schedule, especially if your kids should be getting outside. And I'm for one, I'm not the type of person that's going to go outside in my pajamas. I may go outside and push my trash out in my pajama pants, maybe. Or maybe do something in my backyard with the gate closed. But I'm not going to be out on Front Street walking in the neighborhood in my pajamas. I, I know some, some of y'all do that. That's just not me. And therefore, by default, that's not going to be my children. But get up and get dressed. Like, shower, brush your teeth, do your hair. Like, do all the things. Because I didn't realize that I wasn't really paying attention. And my son's hair is curly. But by the second day, I was like, look, did you comb your hair today? Well, I didn't know we had to comb our hair. I mean, we got home... Look, if you, uh, my one, so my sons now have, my, I have identical twins, if you don't know that by now. They have two different styles of haircuts now because they want to look, well, one wants to look different. The other one does not like. So my one son, he got his hair cut down to fade. My other son kind of has a little like afro and then he got the side faded down. My son that has the hair that's longer, he wants his brother to grow his hair out. His brother does not. His brother hates combing his hair. He just wants to brush his hair. He said, if my hair gets too long to brush, it needs to be cut. My other son has to pick his hair out every morning. And so I said to him, because we actually cut his hair. We faded it all the way down a few months back. And he was pissed. And I'm like, your hair is literally in knots. And I'm not, I'm not saying like it was just curled up too tight. No, it was in knots. And I couldn't get all the knots out because he wasn't and picking his hair. Now, look, I go to work before they have to get ready for school. So that's between them and my husband. But after his hair got cut down, my husband was, told him, he's like, man, I'm not going to sit here and be picking out your hair every morning. Uh, you about to be nine. So this was before his ninth birthday last month. He said, you about to be nine. If you're going to grow out your hair, you're going to pick out your own hair and you're going to learn how to do it. So my husband showed him how to pull the product. Cause his hair is similar to my husband's hair. My husband's hair is not as long. Um, so he showed, my husband showed him his routine. He said, if this is how you want your hair, you're going to take care of it. If you don't, we will cut it again. And you know, the threat of cutting his hair has made this child pick out his hair. And it actually looks pretty good. It almost looked like my husband did. Apparently when I pick out his hair, it doesn't look right. Nobody seems to like it. So I just stay out of it. Um, but now he can do it himself. So I don't need to be in it. But I'm like, you have to comb your hair because your hair going to get matted. And, and that's not going to work, right? So have a schedule, stick to the schedule, and adapt the schedule as necessary. Because schools are adapting their plans, so you will have to adapt your plans. Second, be responsive to email and phone calls. Now we all know there's those people at work who don't seem to respond to emails. Parents call them, they don't answer, they don't call back. They just seem to be out the loop. I can think of a special area teacher right now in my son's school that I have contacted and see they don't contact me back. And I actually had school not closed. I was about to request a meeting with her and meet with her in person because like what you're not about to do is ignore my emails. What you're not about to do is write my kid up and then not even tell me about it. That don't fly. <laughs> and it was always something real petty on top of that. So I sent her an email to, and I met with this individual last school year and I sent her an email to say, hey, like, as I stated to you in person last school year, if you have an issue with my child, you need to call me. You need to email me. You need to let me know. And I don't know about y'all, but if you write referrals at any school, you're supposed to be contacting the parents. Because uh, the schools I worked in, if you did that crap, the referral got kicked back. They're like, we're not even going to process the referral because you didn't do your part by notifying the parent. So if school does come back in session before the school year is over, which honestly, I'm going to throw out here, I doubt it. 
but it could be possible. And if my kids go back when they're supposed to go back, they will only have 14 days left of school because their school gets out um, at the end of May. I'm, I'm still thinking about having that meeting because I need her to know, like, your behavior is not acceptable. And you're especially your teacher, which that means I got to deal with you next school year if you come back. And I need to make it uh, abundantly clear, like, this is not going to fly. And you may think it's going to fly, but it's not. Um, but you need to be responsive. Because now our main form of communication is going to be email, it's going to be phone, it may be Google Hangout. If you're supposed to be on Google Hangout at 3 p.m., make sure you're on there at 3 p.m. Make sure that as much as possible, as much as possible, you have no distractions. Now, like I said, my own kid interrupted me. Like, I said as much as possible. But you just need to respond to and you pay attention. And there's going to be action items. We're no longer going to have staff meeting. And I saw some uh, saw a, a tweet about a week or so ago that and I retweeted it and somebody said we're about to find out which means could have been an email but here's the thing I want to point out on top of that the reason why some means are emails is because some of y'all don't respond to nothing unless the principal is looking you in your face and that's why it can't be in the email because y'all don't read your daggone emails and respond and do what the email says so now more than ever, you need to open up the email and do what it says. Because if someone sends you an email, it's not going to be like, hey, how are you doing? There's probably going to be some action items. And that is why my principal sent an email about what our next steps was. Her next thing was, hey, I want supervisors, and I'm one of those people. I want you guys to have a meeting with your team to go over my email. So we're still having staff meetings because even she knows, like, if I just send this email, either A, there may be some confusion because when things are written, sometimes you need some clarification. And you can get that back and forth immediate clarification when you're in person at a staff meeting and you can't get an email. And to make sure people understand what they're going to do and then emphasize when it was due. Because when I was uh, leading, because we did four, uh, my counterpart and I, so is, um, we both supervised all the middle school teachers. So she, I was on all four of them. She led the first two and I led the last two. And one of the teachers was like, oh, yeah, we got that done by Friday. Now, the principal got it in bold and it highlighted everything is due on Thursday. So this is why we having this Google Hangout meeting. I said, no, no, no. Everything's due end of day on Thursday. And also, uh, this kind of goes with the schedule. People know that I, and I wrote about this, I do not have my um, work email logged in on my phone, right? So I do not get notifications for email. And I said, I'm still keeping those same hours. Like I told my team, I said my work hours were 7.30 to 4.30, Monday through Thursday. And on Friday, is 7.30 to 4.00. I said, I'm still keeping those hours. Now, typically what I did when we were going to work, I would respond to emails during that time, right? And then I would come home. I would do be wife I would be mom and I would take one part of my day where I would log into my computer and respond to anything you responded to I'm the queen of scheduling send uh, um, to um, do a schedule send email which you can do in gmail which was my school use so because some some people do have their email on their phone and if you email no matter what time it is they're gonna uh, need your reaction or email you right back so my team or I got I got my uh, I got my team trained they already know you may send something to me I will read it and I will schedule send the response to come to you at either I schedule send them typically at either seven, seven thirty or eight. Right. Because at eight, the teachers have advisors so they can look at an advisory. Right. But they also know if you email me during the day, I expect you to be teaching. So I'm going to schedule send my response for the end of the day. Now, now that we're working remotely is a little different because you're not uh, 
right now our school is not teaching like live. So I am responding during the day, but I'm still setting those boundaries for the email responses. I'm still responsive, but they know how I'm going to be responsive. So if that's you and you have other obligations, maybe you have a kid and you're helping them do their stuff or your kid is young. Let's say you have a first grader who may not know how to get on a computer like my third grade sons and you have to set this stuff up or be there to troubleshoot. Then you need to let people know, you know, my uh, son's school from nine to 11, they're doing online live classes. Cause I know some people are doing that now. Kudos to you. I need to be able to troubleshoot. So during that time, I may not be as responsive to emails. Just whatever it is, just let people know and then make sure you actually respond. The third thing, speaking of being online is that, Yes, we you can say we're in a bit of a crisis. Yes, this is uncharted waters, but there are still some things that haven't changed. Copyright laws haven't changed. FERPA responsibilities haven't changed. HIPAA rights have not changed. So we have to be very careful about what we are sharing. HIPAA is like health information. You can't just be putting out there on blast like, oh, yeah, this student uh, has COVID-19 and put it in the group chat or sit. No. First off, if you're a teacher, it's not your responsibility to be sharing that with the masses. That should go up to your supervisor and they will follow the protocols that are in place. And they are following protocols that are given to them by, you know, state health officials. So don't put yourself in that situation. Copyright. When this stuff started happening other places before I got to Indiana, I posted, well, a lot of you guys know I kind of have a, a avatar, I guess you say, of myself. Um, that has someone create for me. And sometimes I put little quotes. And one of the quotes I put up there with my avatar was just saying that, you know, you can't just copy something, PDF it and post on your site. That's violation of copyright law. We still have to be mindful. Sometimes educators get confused and think, oh, because I'm an educator, I have free use. And, you know, uh, you know, all these free rights. Yeah, we have some uh, leeway, but we still can't break the law. Just because a website is offering something for free, you can't print it off and then scan it back in and put it on your website. Because first of all, you're taking away you're taking away business even if it's for free. And some people don't understand this. Some publications that are getting funded are based on how many people, the traffic that is coming to their website. So even if they're offering it for free, you put it on your website, you're taking away from that. And if they don't hit where their metrics are, it could mess with their funding. So that because that was one of the pushback. Well, if they're offering for free, then then it's free. I can do whatever you want. No, 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 you can't. Because you notice on a lot of those free websites at the bottom of the page, it says some stuff like copyright, whatever year, all rights preserved. That means you can't go do that. Okay. And then with, you know, publishers saying, yes, I because another thing like people reading books online. Or scanning in whole books and publishing it somewhere. If you are offering a publisher book for free, then why would somebody go buy it? So you're taking money out of the publisher's pocket. You're taking money out of the author's pocket. But publishers, they are not insensitive. Yeah, they want to make a dollar. But they also want to help. And so many of publishers are are temporarily um, bending the rules. But they have some guidelines. If you uh, And I tweeted this this morning. Um, and I'm publishing this episode of the same day I've made this tweet. So you should be able to find it easily if you follow me on Twitter at um, Educator Barnes. From the School Library Journal, they have a page um, that shows all the publishers that are allowing schools and parents and teachers 
to record and read their books. But they have guidelines and each publisher has their own guidelines. Some of them say you have to say you have permission by this company. Some of them say and on top of this, you need to fill out a form. Tell me your name. Tell me your school. Where do you post it? Some of them say you have to have it in a private YouTube account. Some of them say you have to put it online a platform that only can be accessed by uh, password. Some say after 24 hours, the video has to come off of your website. Um, so. If you want to read things online, that's cool, but make sure you're being a law-abiding citizen because educators, we're role models, and we do not need to be out here being poor role models and saying, well, you know, because, you know, this bad stuff is happening right now with this COVID, and I can't go out and work. I'm just going to do whatever. No. And it was interesting. I, there were some people straight up pissed off at me because I started bringing this up, um, but it is what it is. I don't worry about that because I wasn't saying anything that was wrong. It's just I I, I, I uh, tweeted another tweet after some people got pissed off and I said, you know, are, are we going to be leaders or are we going to be lazy? Because it's lazy just to take the easy way out. Being a leader and showing what needs to be done, even if it takes some extra work, is following the laws and following the guidelines. Because most schools at some point in time uh, in the curriculum, especially if you have a librarian, you're talking about copyright. You're talking about plagiarism. You're talking about citing sources. You're understanding what fair use is um, and the public domain. So if you want an easy win, some people. Um, so January 1st is not only known as New Year's Day, but some people call it public domain day because that's the day works enter the public domain. So on January 1st, 2020, anything that was written in 1924 or or before is now in the public domain and I can give you some extra history 2019 January 1st 2019 was a big deal because that was the first time any new things entered the public domain for 20 years and it all had to do with Sonny Bono yes that like Sonny and Cher that dude and uh Walt Disney because in 1998 a 20-year ex uh, extension was added to copyright law because Walt Disney had some stuff that was about to be copyright-free. So, you know, you, if you got some influence, you can influence these laws. The Congress passes laws to extend it. So, essentially, what you had happened 20, 20 uh, well, now it's 21 years back. You had all the stuff from 1920, uh, 1922 that was released. And then this law was passed in 1998. And so the stuff from 1923 wasn't released until January 1st, 2019. So now that we're past, you know, now that the 20 year extension is in effect, you know, as of 2019, now each year things will be added. So January 1st, 2021, anything that was written in 1924 will now be in the public domain. So you're probably saying to yourself, like, how do I find this stuff? Right. Um, lit to go. And that's L.I.T. Number two. Go if you Google that. There's a website, and they have tons of, of literature that you can read. Not only do they have it, you can download the PDF. Uh, some of the stories have activities already uploaded, and there's audio that you can listen to. And this research has been published on my website for years because I use it in the classroom. Now, yes, I'm a, was a culturally responsive educator, and I brought a lot of stuff. I actually would post this on my classroom door to say, bring your literature book. And my principal always interpreted that act. Even when she's like, you know, I just like how you remind kids to bring their books. 
She didn't understand that I wasn't reminding kids to bring their books. I was telling them to bring their books because I hardly ever used a textbook. And so occasionally when a story in the textbook I wanted to read, I was telling them we're using our textbooks this day, right? <laughs> it wasn't like me being friendly. It was like, hey, we're actually going to use that book. But on top of that, I also used Lit to Go because even though I want to use all this other stuff, I also need to make sure that my students can read the type of literature that's going to be on standardized tests. And some of the stuff that's on this site is written in the way that things are written on standardized testing. So we did a mix of both. One of the stories that's on there is uh, one of the stories I love. Um, it's a Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. And I've seen people been putting up Christmas lights in solidarity to kind of have something positive out there. I've, I heard the hallmarks of showing some of their Christmas movies. So if you want a Christmas thing to listen to, you can go there and download it for free. Gutenberg is another place you can find it. And then there's the archives. Um, through the Library of Congress where you can search for stuff and there you can search for anything that could be music it could be video it could be artwork that is um, free so you have options just know what your options are make sure you're doing things to begin in the right way because these companies do come and sue um, there I uh, I participated in a series last year where different um, education writers wrote about like copyright and stuff like this and one of the articles I wrote was called um, when beg, borrow, and still becomes a crime, um, because they do sue, and there was, uh, I believe, it was Texas. Um, they had to pay millions of dollars violating copyright, so it's, it's not worth it. Number four, keep high expectations. In Indiana, in addition to our governor extending our closing to May first, it was also said that all standardized testing for. Um, uh, will be postponed and now we're not now we're not doing it right because um from the united states department of education you know we get a waiver and so a lot of educators are breathe a sigh of relief which i get because second semester you almost feel like it's this test prep season right regardless of if you're trying to be culturally responsive and trying to do some other thing you still feel the pressure of getting your kids to pass the test but what i'm a little worried about is some people like well i can just do anything Real talk, yeah, you could. Yeah, you could. But at the end of the day, at some point in time, we are going to go back to school. And some students will have some gaps. I'm going to say some students because, you know, there are some people that just get into this whole doom and gloom. And some students are not going to have huge gaps depending on the access they have at home and depending on what their schools are able to provide, right? No, it's not the same as a teacher being there, right? But we have to think about there's going to be some deficits or we have kids at home, like I saw someone uh, say, well, how are they going to get this stuff online and read it if they couldn't read at school? And you were helping them read at school. This, this is true. If we lower our expectations and we lower our standards because we're at home and it's virtual and we're just slapping stuff on websites, that's not going to work. Um, I have taught a couple college courses online. And I'm going to tell you, and I think any professor will tell you, it is easier to teach face-to-face -face than to teach online. There's some convenience of not having to go down to campus each day, but it is hard as heck because you have to be responsive, right? And it's not just putting articles online and going to have a discussion. It's putting articles online, having a discussion. You actively participate in the discussion as a teacher. You moderate. You respond because what happens if you just let people discuss and you don't moderate like you would do in a regular classroom, then you're going to have some faulty ideas and some faulty thinking. Yes, I'm all for people sharing whatever ideas they have, but if you're teaching a concept, when it comes to concepts, like there's only one answer you should be getting when you multiply three times three. And somebody out there saying it's 12 and you're not in the discussion, 
kind of like say, hey, hey, hold up, Johnny. That is not the answer. Let me work this out. Then you're going to have a problem, right? The other part is to be interactive, especially with platforms like Zoom. You like I'm taking an online class myself, to be completely honest. And I'm also designing an online class. I want to teach this uh, May for a university. And what my professors, this one class I'm taking right now has two professors. When we do our Zoom every Monday, she shows her screen. She's doing things there. She puts in videos for us to watch. She does this thing where she sends us each into small groups. So you just randomly group with a couple other people. And so it's pretty interactive. The other thing I, I'm going to acknowledge here is like it takes some training. We're saying, hey, go e-learn, go distant learn. And teachers don't have training. You have to have training to know how to do this stuff. Like because a couple weeks ago when we did another small group, my professor said, OK, our la- the last question is not about the content. How do you feel about what I'm doing? And I gave her good feedback because I've had another online class, right, that I was it was just really like, here's the assignments, do it. It wasn't very interactive. These professors are interactive. They're talking to us. We're having activities. There's videos that we're watching and we come back and discuss them. We're sitting there like she'll say, OK, we're going to take five minutes. We're going to do this quick right right here. And then we'll put you in groups like we're actually doing stuff in the class. And I so I don't and my classmates, for this particular class I'm taking, they're around the world. There's a couple people that's in Japan. One lady's in Mexico. Uh, I've got a classmate in uh, Florida. Have another person that's up on um Gosh, oh, where is she at? I want to say Massachusetts. It's probably wrong, but she's up there in that that region, right? And it brings us all together. And I'm just learning so many different new perspectives from my classmates. But try your best to keep your uh, expectations high and to keep the quality high. Five, get ahead. If you're like me, I can't do everything for my job while I'm at home. There's just some things that you would need to really be at school to do. So in those moments of quote unquote free time, after I spend time with my children, because that's also important to me, get this this quality time in, I'm trying to get ahead of stuff. So like I worked on the uh, school schedule for next school year, working on supply lists for next school year. So if there's anything that you can get ahead of or like, hmm, that one lesson I did early in the year, I know that I'm going to teach next year because I got my grade low for next school year. That lesson sucked. I can use this time to fix this lesson and make it better. So use this time to get ahead, go back and fix some stuff, maybe get some planning out for next school year when you have some extra time. Number six is balance. Balance everything because some people are getting overwhelmed. Like there's like all these different phases. There's people that are really happy. There's people like overwhelmed. There's people really sad because we're missing our students. But you have to have a balance. You have to have a balance between working and taking a break and interacting with other humans. And some of uh, some teachers, they live by themselves. So that may be like, look, I'm going to have to get on and, and talk to my, my colleagues for like at least once a day on the phone. I need to hear another human being. Or maybe that is knocking on your neighbor's door, make sure they're OK. Like when we moved, we only moved four streets over from our previous house. But the street that we moved to, like our uh, the bus stop is our door. That's because there's no children close enough uh, for my sons to walk to the next bus stop. So all my neighbors are my parents' age. So I'm in a different type of like neighborhood right now, which that'll change over time um, as people get older and pass away. Because that was actually what was happening. So four streets over in our other house, uh, when we left, three people had passed away on our street. Um, 
and newer families like around our age was moving in so that'll eventually happen um where we are and not that i'm wishing that on anybody and i really wish that no one passed away for COVID 19 because the first person in indiana that died of COVID 19 they did a write-up on this lady in um, the indianapolis star and I, it just made me sad to be um, completely honest because it talked about all this stuff this lady did and it also just talked about how quickly her um situation is deteriorated and um yeah so i don't wish that on uh, uh anyone so you have to have balance between working and keeping your sanity right now one of the things i'm doing in my free time is braiding my hair myself now i can't braid braid only thing i i'm capable of doing is doing those little single braids right but i used to do that i used to do single braids and like single twist my hair all the time i'm anti-weave um i'm not against people wearing weave do you do you i will do me um i've only had weave in my hair twice <laughs> one time in college when i was playing a prostitute in the church play yeah don't ask i was probably the worst the least convincing prostitute ever on the face of the earth and then the second time i had weave in my hair was when i was on bed rest for four months i was on bed rest for two months at home during my twin pregnancy and then on december 26 2010 i entered the hospital until my boys were born uh, two months uh later and what was happening was my hair was kind of wearing down because I was laying back. So it was recommended that I get a protective style and get hair added to my hair to protect my actual hair. Oh, to be pregnant with twins and been on bed rest and have someone come and braid my hair. If you know what my hair looks like, I did cut my hair recently and my husband's opinion is grown back. <laughs> um, my hair is like, whoa, it's just, it's poofy and it's big. I'm in my late 30s now man late i guess 36 is 36 late 30s i don't know <laughs> but my hair is starting to thin and i'm not surprised by this the women um uh, my mom her sisters that's that's what's happened so i knew that was something that probably happened to me but even with that my hair is thick and so i i that's, that's the reason i'm actually anti adding hair to my hair because it would take forever because braiding just my actual hair takes forever so in my free time i'm just adding a few braids in my hair a day and i'm starting from the front back so the rest of my hair is just in the big poof uh bun and then i'm pulling the braids back until i get the whole hair done and after i get it done i think i'm gonna do some little rollers and make it all cute and yeah i know i'm in the house but look my husband's still in here so look i mean i'm not going to just try to be looking because people are talking about it's about to get ugly <laughs> y'all might about to get ugly i'm not about to get ugly okay <laughs> look i've been i've been a tomboy for most of my life but I, I do keep myself nice like you know keep my fingernails i like to keep those nice i don't do fake nails either i'm kind of anti-fake stuff if you haven't figured that out i don't do fake eyelash or none of that stuff but i can look cute like my husband he dressed up yesterday and he was he was looking good like and i, and I, I appreciate that okay <laughs> And the last thing is give yourself grace. Look, we're in uncharted waters and we're trying to tackle things that we've never done before, right? And even if you have the luxury of my husband having to work at home, that's not actually something he enjoys. He's, he, to quote him exactly, he says, depressing being here all day. And he was like, no offense. And I knew what he, because I mean, I mean, we've been together for a minute, right? Uh, we've been married 13 years, but we've been together two years before that. So 15 years, right? So I knew it wasn't like he was tired of me. He just wanted to get out. My husband, he does a lot of stuff um, with his friend. He does stuff independently of me. And he like it was his good friend's birthday this uh, weekend. And, you know, we all on lockdown, right? So, like, he would have been probably out with him doing some stuff. Instead, you know, we at home, you know. Now, I did hear there was, like, a whole DJ party on Instagram. So, you know, 
<laughs> you can still kind of have fun that way, but it's it, it's still not the same, right? But if things like for me, I had this whole fancy schedule that failed. Like instead of me sitting here like, man, I'm a failure. This sucks. I gave myself some grace. And then I'm finding myself an outlet. I've been doing uh, what I've called the coronavirus chronicles. And I decided only to do it Monday through Friday on my blog. And it's just literally me saying what happened. And if you've been reading that, you know, this week I've yelled at my kids. Um, and, I, and most of my students will tell you that I'm not a yeller unless there's a fight. If there's a fight, I will elevate my voice to say stop fighting. But other than that, I'm just not that type of teacher. They will tell you I'm, I'm one of those teachers that like to drop my voice down to that little that whisper, you know. That like, oh, you thought you were about to come here and play that. Okay, so let me tell you what what we're not going to do. <laughs> and kids said, when Mrs. Barnes is not using her regular voice, and she drops that voice, it, it, it's, it's curtains. That was one of my, my students used to say. But I just I just had to give myself some grace. And I've literally changed the schedule each week, every single day to make it. I think Friday was the best day. I was like, hey. This kind of worked. My boys kind of knew what to do. And I also had to give up some some control. Like I have to have my kids do some stuff independently without me over their shoulders because I'm not going to be able to work. And then I had that, that conversation with my son who um, I gave him some things to do independently. And he got into his bed to take a nap. Uh, and I, I know you're probably like, well, let the, let the boys sleep. Uh, but what I asked him to do independently was fold up his clothes and put them away. And instead, he wanted to go take a nap. But before I asked him to fold and put the clothes away, he was just jumping around, running around the house, which is why I told him to go put his clothes away so he could use that energy in a productive manner. But instead, he going to hop into the bed. So I just explained to him, like, when I gave him tasks to do independently, whether that's get on Khan Academy and working through some lessons or whether it's folding his clothes, that my expectation that you do what I say and you do it the first time you're asked. Because um, as my boys, I, one of the first things I taught them was that um, – they're going to be first time listeners. And if there's not no if they're not first time listeners, there will be some consequences potentially if I had to repeat myself. So give yourself some grace, have some fun. So today I talked to you guys about having a schedule, being responsive to email and phone calls, following the losses, copyright, FERPA, HIPAA, uh, keeping high expectations for yourself and for your students, getting ahead if you can, having balance and having grace. Hopefully this information is helpful, whether you're an educator or not. And I'm still probably going to keep, because I've been doing about two podcasts a month now. And if I have some more time, I may do some extra episodes, but we will, we'll see. And thanks for listening. And you can follow me on Twitter at Educator Barnes and on Instagram at Educator Barnes. Or you can hop over to my website, EducatorBarnes.com. And if you're on social media, hashtag that brazen education. Talk to you later.